Hey, it's Andy. Thank you so much for joining us. Great conversation today with Max Olson of The Athletic. Max covered the Oklahoma State story on Monday as it was all happening. We talk about Chuba Hubbard, Mike Gundy, the new power dynamic between coaches and players, why players are more willing to speak up, why coaches are more willing to listen to players right now. And we also get into the situations at Florida State and Iowa because this is a pretty fascinating time in college sports because the coaches, the athletic directors, they're in a situation where they really need the players more than they ever have before, and especially these particular players this year. And so if the players have something they want to talk about, it's time to listen. And it seems like administrations are more willing to listen right now. Max and I talked about this for a while, and then we said goodbye, and then we realized that while we were talking, something else had happened in the Oklahoma State story, and it was really pretty interesting. And so we get more into that conversation, and we hear from Mike Gundy. So talk about that with Max Olson right now. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. I told you there would be a lot of news between now and the time college football season starts. This is not your typical June. Normally in June, we are doing our best uniform lists. And look, the best uniform lists have place in in this world. But right now, we got real stuff to talk about. And to talk about it, we bring in the Athletics' Max Olson. Max, you are fresh off writing about the Oklahoma State situation where Chuba Hubbard uh, called out Mike Gundy when Mike Gundy was was shown on the internet wearing a, a t-shirt of the One America News Network. And basically, Chuba said, I'm not playing, I'm not doing anything for Oklahoma State again until this stuff gets addressed. Players and Gundy have met. Chuba and Gundy have released a video, which I, I, I guess that is how you do it now, you you meet, and then you release your video. Florida State did that last week. But it's really interesting time in college sports, Max, because I feel like we're seeing players speak up and take on authority quite a bit more than we have in decades. Yeah, and look, man, that's a... Uh... I, I think it's 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 worthy of praise in a lot of ways that um, these players uh, understand what's going on um, in the world and in their community and have something to say and feel like um, you know feel confident enough and, and empowered to actually say it and um, I think we've seen that um, kind of like on a lot of different topics at a, at a couple different programs here in the past few weeks um, the Oklahoma State one was certainly. Um, an explosive version of that. Um, one where I think we were all sort of wondering, um, you know, is this sort of spinning out of control? Like what, what's going to happen here? Um, it, it sort of like got wrapped up in a short period of time in, in, a, in a matter of four or five hours there. Um, but you know, this is, this is a, a really prominent example of it that you're talking about. I mean, Chuba Hubbard is, uh, he's not just an all American. I mean, he, he, you know, the school touted him as, as a Heisman trophy, uh, contender all season long last year. He's the nation's leading rusher, um, and he's a team leader. He's 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 one of the team leaders of this team, along with uh, his best friend, uh, Amen uh, Ogbong Bamiga. And so, when these guys say, um, 
you know, I'm not doing anything with Oklahoma State until things change. You saw it, Andy. Like his teammates lined up behind him and said, "I back Chuba," and they did so uh, publicly and, and very swiftly. And I, and I think um, that ability to unite around a cause and and stand up to power a little bit is, uh, I think, as more players do it, I'm sure there's other players across the country uh, who are seeing this and saying, "Wow, I guess we can do that now." Yeah, they can, and and you saw it at Iowa. I think the Iowa one is a more extreme example. I think the Oklahoma State one probably has inspired a, a more vigorous debate, I guess, because of why Chuba Hubbard got upset, because it was a T-shirt of a news network that obviously Chuba Hubbard disagrees with, and we, Mike Gundy has made clear he agrees with it. So that one has, has touched off a, a different kind of debate. The Iowa one's a more interesting one to me because I don't think – 10, 15 years ago, a guy like Chris Doyle, who was the strength coach at Iowa, who was basically run out of town this week now, paid handsomely to do that. He, he got $1.1 million in a buyout. But the highest-paid strength coach in America, the guy the coaching staff has credited as basically the cornerstone of their program, his tenure lasted days once players started speaking up about him. Days. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and look, I... Um not to be flipping or anything, but like, I, like we, you remember a couple of years ago, um, where the death of, of Jordan McNair at Maryland sort of leads to an investigation and leads to look into how, how a program is being run. Like it's a good thing that it doesn't take dramatically awful things to happen for players to sort of like finally feel like they can step forward and speak out and say, Hey, here's some things that are going on in our program that I'm uncomfortable with or, or things I've seen or things I've heard. Uh, that, that it just shouldn't be this way. Like I, I'm glad it doesn't take extreme bad things happening for for players to feel comfortable and say, um, "Look, I know this is a powerful guy. I know this is Kirk Ferentz's right hand guy, but he he's said and done some things that that black players in our program just aren't comfortable with." And and I think um, you know it's it's been certainly interesting to see the Ferentz the the Ferentz response to this. It, it seems like he's taking it seriously and wants to do some soul searching and wants to figure out. Well, where did we go wrong culturally here? But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it's um, the, those sort of uh, you know allegations of mistreatment. They need to come to the light. Well, and it tells you how the Iowa players felt about Kirk Ferentz because I never felt like his job was in any jeopardy at all. They they seemed to believe that he would do the things necessary to make the changes that they want to see made. And I think you notice the same thing at the Clem- in the Clemson situation where the story comes out about Danny Pierman saying the N-word at practice. Dabo Sweeney was never in any danger. And you look at the, the players lining up to support Dabo Sweeney. I, I don't think they necessarily lined up to support Danny Pierman, but Dabo had the benefit of their doubt. And I, I think you know it, it's interesting with Gundy because I don't think there have been a ton of complaints over the years about Mike Gundy, about the way people, you know, the way he's treated players. So this is, this seems like something that's kind of been internal, very much like the Iowa thing. And it seems like something Gundy was pretty receptive to once it was brought to him. Yeah. You know, and I, I think that, um, you know, I, I do think you have to take the, the, some of the comments from the ex players uh, of Oklahoma state seriously. And, and it seems like Mike Holder, the AD, uh, is doing so, um, and, and you know. Well, that you that I think is a different story. Like it's interesting to me, Max, because you and I read the Mike Holder statement the same way. I'm not sure everybody else did. Mike Holder's statement was, 
about as cryptic as as cryptic gets. I'll I'll, I'll give it to you because it's one of those where you thought, wait, are there like two more sentences that are cut off here? What what am I missing here? The the statement is, this afternoon has been very disturbing. The tweets from the current and former players are of great concern. That's the whole statement. And, you know, there's the, the friction occasionally between Holder and Gundy is not a secret. So you're you're right, but it's it's uh, and 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 I get a statement like that is is essentially the unspoken thing is like, well, I don't know what side I'm supposed to take here. This is a tough spot, you know. Like, but I think you've got, uh, you know, I, the reason why I, I, as much as like, and I know people were disappointed with Chuba Hubbard for like sort of dropping this and making peace with with Mike Gundy and even apologizing in his video, but I don't necessarily think this is over because I think you saw as soon as as this tweet went out at, at one o'clock on Monday. You saw Justice Hill. You saw AJ Green. You saw guys that were recently in this program, um, who who not only backed Chuba Hubbard right away, but said things need to change in this program. And uh, you know, if you've been in there, you know. And I mean, AJ Green said, "Let's call a spade a spade." I mean, I think you, I think there are there are former players um, who who have who've seen things and, and want to say something. And it, and it maybe it takes Chuba Hubbard sort of coming out and, and being the face of this for. Um, you know, some of those, 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 you know, experiences to come out and, and you'd hope that Mike Gundy is, uh, you know, reacts to that with, with empathy and understanding and wants to listen to them. And as he said, um, you know, make their culture better. Let's talk about the, the situation now, because I, I have a story that, that's out Wednesday in the athletic and, and you can read it about some seemingly unrelated events throughout college football history that have kind of brought us to this point. And, you know, I, I see the same response every time players speak up. You'll you'll get the the Twitter tough guys, and it's usually the guy with the sunglasses and his avatar who says, "Well, I just co- I just pull a scholarship. That's what I'd do if I was coach." And I want to explain, you can't. And here's why: because Chuba Hubbard, we'll, we'll use that as an example, was very quickly backed by more than fifty percent of the team, I mean, at least what we could count. Now, we don't know about the ones who didn't say anything, but he had more than half the team on his side. So here's the problem you run into if you are the coach. We'll break it all down. So the school sued the NCAA in the 80s for the right to sell their football games to television. So when they won that Supreme Court case in 1984, they got into the TV business. They became... The purveyor of TV shows. That is what they do. So remember remember when the Friends cast wouldn't work unless everybody got a million bucks an episode? Well, that's kind of where they're at now. If you get a, a team that says, we, the cast of this TV show, don't want to do it, you have a huge problem. Because ESPN, Fox, whoever's buying that expects that product to be delivered. So you're on the hook for it as the school and the conference. So you better keep the players happy on that front. On another front, and this is why you can't just start whacking people who, who may disagree, Max, 25 scholarships per year, 25 new players per year, 85 scholarship players total. What happens if 10 players left your team at once that were undergrads? You don't get a player revolt waiver. That's not how it works. No, you become Kansas, basically. <laughs> you become Kansas. Yeah. And because you can't dig out of that scholarship hole. 
the rules are such now that you can't. Uh, the story I wrote, it, it's pretty interesting. So the last year before there, were, there was a national scholarship limit, they passed the rule in January of 73. It went into effect in August of 73 for the 73-74 school year. So the last signing class at Pittsburgh was 76 people. 67 freshmen scholarship players showed up in camp. One was Tony Dorsett, which worked out pretty well for them. <laughs> but you can't do that. <laughs> you hey, you take if 25 you get 75, new players a year. Hit rates, your, your hit rate has to be good if you get 75, right? Oh, it, it, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> so you can't do that now. Like you, If you're a coach, you got to figure out how to work this out because you can't have that many players leave your program. And, and it's hard enough to get the players of the caliber of Chuba Hubbard into your program, especially at Oklahoma State. And so, um, you know, look, what what happened yesterday, recruits and their parents watched this stuff closely, right? And and they it's it's already hard enough there. Um you, you can't you can't lose those guys and you and you can't lose a lot of them. And that's that's the other part, is I'm not sure everybody understands what constituency a college coach needs to cater to the most if i all right let let me ask you that question what constituency do you think a college coach should cater to primarily i mean it depends where you go you know i mean there's every job's got uh and depends on where your program's at and where your school's at and all that but um i i uh, I'm, is the answer recruiting to you? I mean, I, I think in most cases the, the that, an, that the is... The answer is current players and future players. Yeah. That's that's the answer. The answer is cater to your current players and future players, specific, more specifically your future players, because you need to keep the good ones coming in. And if you don't, you will lose your job. That That's that's the part people also don't understand. The Whether you agree with the coach politically or not doesn't matter. Sure. The coach needs to make mama and dad and the recruit happy, happy enough to, to sign. And whether that's whether that is not talking about things they disagree with or saying something that might be disagreeable to a, to a fan or two, too bad. Because guess who's getting fired if they don't get good recruits? Yeah, you're right. And and look, I mean, it doesn't really matter what you or I or anybody else on Twitter thinks of OAN. Uh, Chuba Hubbard and his teammates, you know, knew what that meant. There's a reason why he said it's completely insensitive and, and unacceptable. And it, it part of for I think for those guys uh, on that team, um, they deserve credit. That Chuba Hubbard and his teammates, like they want to affect positive change. They want to use their platform for good. Chuba starting a nonprofit. Like Landon Wolf, they're one of their receivers, went and met with the local police and the campus police to try and make uh, the black, uh, you know, students on their campus more comfortable. Like these guys, these guys are trying to do good. And, and quite frankly, I think that the message from them yesterday was they want to know where their head coach stands. You do not need to hit the dirt mall to buy your cologne. In fact, you need to hit Hawthorne.co, take their quiz, easy questions. They ask you what kind of smells you like, how often you shower, and I hope it's at least daily, please. They ask you what a, a night out is for you. They ask you what your drink of choice is, and they provide 
the perfect cologne for you. In fact, the perfect entire bathroom setup for you. You can get your lotions, your soaps. But for cologne for me, they want me to get the work and the play. The work is your fresh and aquatic. The play is your warm and aromatic in case your significant other wants to nuzzle in the neck. And that's it feels like, you know, you're by the fire. So that's the stuff you need, not the stuff from the flea market. Hawthorne.co. Check out Hawthorne at Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Use my promo code STAPLES and get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co and use my promo code STAPLES to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Now, Doug Gottlieb, former Oklahoma State basketball player, current Fox Sports radio host, he claims to have their list of demands, and, and he said it was earrings, do-rags, wave caps, ability to sag their pants, and hair and music. And he says the music previously could not contain curse words or derogatory language toward women, um, which I get that. I get that last one, but hair in Mike Gunny's program? Are there rules about hair? I, I think you've seen the backlash from players who saw that tweet and said, this isn't it. And, and I think it's, you know, so I, I think well, and it's their sometimes parents and, too. and their parents too. And look, Andy, I think we've seen it a lot in college football the past couple of weeks. Sometimes it's, it's just as simple as, you know, if Mike Gundy had gone with his players to the protest in Tulsa and, and backed them and said, I support what you guys are doing and what you believe in here. It maybe it's just as simple as that, right? Like it's just, are you going to be part of the solution or part of the problem? And, and I think, um, you know, sending out that tweet is, uh, is, is a move, a calculated move to, to get a meeting with him and, and actually have a conversation uh, about these things. And um, hopefully that's for the better, but I'll tell you what, and as, as much as like we've, as much as we all sort of like, observe and sort of praise this this um, player empowerment movement I think it, I think it's worth mentioning it's still a tough and like kind of brave thing to do if you're Chuba Hubbard right like the the, the power imbalance between head coach and 21 year old player is you know is still significant and you know when Chuba put this out there you go look at his 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 tweet he, he, it's closing in on 25,000 replies. Um, I, I don't think he, maybe he didn't totally understand what he was stepping into on the political part of that, but, um, it, it's tough to stand up to these guys and, it, and it's tough to say what you mean. And, and for him to apologize and say, I should have gone to a man to man. I can understand why he might feel that way, but this proved more effective. Well, I talked to Marvin Wilson about that. And, and now Marvin's situation at Florida state was not a political debate. He called out his head coach, but it was for a different reason. It was because he felt like his head coach said something that wasn't true in an interview. And Marvin was very candid about how surprised he was at, at the reaction and how fast it spread and how big it got so fast. And that's one thing with these guys I, I don't know that you can really prepare anybody for. If, if you, cause you, you get a lot of people can, with you and a lot of people against you right away. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And it's tough. I mean, you and I do this for a living. We write things. People disagree with it. People agree with it. And they tell us about it. And it is really hard not to take the ones who disagree really personally. So imagine if there's thousands of them. It's it's a it's a different animal there. It is. Um, what I mean, 
where, where do you think we go from here? Do you think this just continues to sort of pop up at, at you know, Power 5 programs around the country? I mean, do you think there's, uh, not to call it a reckoning or anything, but do, do you think this is just going to be a thing that, um, you know, more and more players say, you know what, I, I have something I want to say right now? I, I think we're going to see some more players say some stuff, but I think we're also going to see some coaches understanding that they have to listen a little bit more, that you can't be a dictator. You have to you have to listen to your players. You have to understand where they're coming from. And if you don't make the attempt to understand where they're coming from, you may not lose your job now, but you will lose your job when the players don't sign with you because your current players are going to trash you to recruits. So that that's the part that, that is very interesting. And, and look, I... I think there are going to be situations where there's probably going to be a coach who does lose a head coaching job over this. We've seen the highest paid strength coach in America get fired. So I think now I the thing about it, like with Gundy, you can't fire Mike Gundy over wearing that T-shirt. You can't. You're a state university. You can't fire him for expressing a political view. I mean, that that's not appropriate either. That's uh, that's what I tweeted when all this was going. On. I'm like, these guys are just having to work, are going to have to work this out, because if you fired Mike Gundy over this, you got to pay him. You better pay him everything he's owed, because again, you're a state university. If you're a private school, you can probably do whatever you want, but if you're a state university just firing someone blatantly for their political beliefs. I, I don't, I don't think that's good in any way, shape, or form. No matter what the political belief is. Whether whatever side you're on, it's not good. You don't want that happening. So I think it will force some conversations and has forced some conversations. Marvin Wilson forced a conversation at Florida State. I've talked to Marvin and Mike Norvell about that conversation. They turned it in a very positive direction. I mean, they very quickly got it to where they were – deciding how they were going to help people in Tallahassee. They were going to get everybody registered to vote. And and it was a very kind of collaborative thing. And ideally, that's what you want to come out of a conversation like that. It's a disagreement at first, but sometimes disagreements lead to more honest conversations. People just get, people get it off their chest, and then people understand where everybody's coming from. I'm I'm with you, and I, and I think one thing I admired about Marvin Wilson, and and I think also we haven't mentioned it, but the the players at the University of Texas, um, you know th- those guys have done their homework, and they have, uh, you can call it a list of demands, but they have a list of, of changes they want to see, um, that are based on being very educated and and very understanding of of not just what's going on in, in their community and their campus, but but also the platform they have, um, to actually make changes right now. I think when these guys come with with specific asks and things, you know, it's easy to say things have got to change. But um, you know, you love to see these players that that understand not only they have this platform, but they have specific things that that uh, they think can change to to make things, you know, not just more comfortable for for black players and black students, but for everybody. That was one thing talking to Marvin Wilson last week that that struck me was he realized very quickly, okay, I want to do something. But I also now have to do something, and I have to have a very specific plan for it. And I don't know that, that at first he realized how specific that needed to be, but he, he marshaled it pretty quickly. Uh, the, the night he sent the tweet out, he said because he sent the tweet out at like midnight Eastern time. Yeah. 
and they they had a team meeting in the morning and he said he was on the phone basically all night and one thing he did is he called members of the team that he knew were already active in the community to say look what do you do how do you do this how can we do this better and i think that that helped him formulate a plan and then when he got in front of mike norvell and the rest of the team was there too and they they got to talk it out they had kind of a structure that they wanted to to throw you know to the coaching staff and see what they said and then norvell said great let us try to help you with this and so i i think this these conversations don't have to ultimately lead to something negative they can they can lead to something positive. That, we we tend what, to jump is. to is this guy going to get fired, right? Like we kind of just yes. grab our jump to conclusions, Matts, and we we jump right to that. And please, as you saw, I think tell with, me most of our listeners <laughs> do remember the jump to conclusions, Matt. Worst by, idea by Tom Tom Smizek. <laughs> um, it's a jump to conclusions, Matt. Uh. We we tend to do that, and and I think the Marvin Wilson tweet and the and the um, Chuba Hubbard tweet show you like just how powerful these things can be, and how like fast everyone can kind of grab onto them, and it can like really blow up far beyond those players probably ever expected. But um, I think Florida State, and I think to some degree Oklahoma State, like it's encouraging at least. Um, not everyone's going to be happy about how it goes, but it's encouraging that it can lead to those conversations, and it can lead to hopefully uh, head coaches um, not so much being put in their place, but head coaches who understand, okay, I I, I want to take these guys seriously. I want to listen to them uh, and I want to make this a better place for them. Well, the thing is I, I get the sense with all of these things that there's a part of the public and, and maybe it's because we've been without actual sports for so long. We're, we're looking for outcomes and immediate outcomes and dramatic immediate outcomes that, when the situation gets diffused at Oklahoma State and the situation gets diffused at Florida State, and I, I don't know that it got diffused at Iowa. I think there was a pretty significant action taken, but it, they seem to be on the path now. People are like, oh, and they're almost disappointed. But don't, don't be disappointed because the best outcomes here are the ones where people really talk about stuff, where people have honest, raw conversations about it. I mean, that, that's, that is what you want. That's kind of the whole goal is for everybody to understand more. And I think players speaking out like this is going to lead to more understanding, especially in this environment where the coach cannot reflexively just say, well, if you care about your scholarship, you'll shut up. You can't shut them up now. You can't do it. They have more leverage Maybe not more than you, but it's getting close. There, there's no doubt, and and as you said, I mean, like, it's it's going to get harder and harder to be the dictator, right? And it it it, it just is. And um, you know, I I think that it's it's wild to see like sort of how this stuff plays out. But you know, I, I wrote this on on Monday night. Like it would be easy for Mike Gundy to sort of write this off as just people getting outraged over politics and people, you know, being offended over over wearing a, a silly ten dollar t shirt when he went out fishing, right? You you can write off the public and the media and all that kind of stuff, but you have to listen to your players, and and the, and the players I think sent um, sent a really important message. 
Well, you do listen to the people that you work with every day. You do listen to the people that, that you care about, that are close to you. And, and that's the thing. I think it's, it's easy to oversimplify Mike Gundy or, or paint him as this caricature. But he's also not stupid. He's won a lot of football games at a place where it was pretty hard to win them before. So he's no dummy. He understands what he's working with here. And that's why I, I think we kind of you know, assumed we'd get the caricature of Mike Gundy and that he'd come out blasting and say, oh, I'm not doing any of this stuff. And, you know, I don't care what these guys say. No, he has to care. It's kind of part of his job to care. And if he'd like to continue doing that job, you know, and pulling in the very significant paycheck he does, he's got to make sure that they feel like he cares and that parents and future players also feel like he cares. Otherwise, his whole enterprise goes down the drain. So I, I think we 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 kind of just oversimplify things and you know everybody wants to see it's it's weird. Max, Pe- people want to pull out the flamethrower when this stuff happens. Well, and it, you, it you've feels, seen it over it and over like, here, you know? It feels like people look at this like sports. And I realize it is sports, but I mean the games themselves. Like every situation has a winner and a loser, and the winner gets to cheer for 364 days, and the loser just has to take it. That's not how real life works. And I realize we're conditioned to to feel that way about everything, but you know, you can't really declare a winner in the, in all this. If five years from now, Mike Gundy and his players understand one another better, they all won. You know, if people feel like changes weren't made and recruits, you know, the better recruits don't want to sign with Oklahoma state, then guess who won? So it's, it's not a case where right as soon as Chuba Hubbard and Mike Gundy release that video, we declare a winner and a loser, even though I realize the internet demands that we do. For sure. Well, and I, you know, look, I, one thing we haven't mentioned in all this is, um, you know, what, what Chuba Hubbard said that sort of escalated this maybe more than some of these other ones did. Like you saw Texas players say, we're not going to recruit and we're going to help you fundraise, but they're going to continue activities. Um, you know, Chuba said, I will not be doing anything with Oklahoma state until things change. And, and that, that's what Marvin Wilson said too. Exactly. And so I, I think we, <laughs> quite frankly, we're seeing the power of that threat too. And so if, if the threat is, um, you know, striking if the, if the threat is not just uh, your star running back, but all the guys that back him saying, um, you know, we're, we're not doing something right now, then uh, I think that gets pretty swift action. And, and I'm, you certainly are curious to see, like you saw with, with Missouri a few years ago, you, you're certain, certainly curious to see if some of that stuff sort of uh, arises in, during a season. Yeah. And Missouri, the situation in 2015 was the team said, we're not playing in the BYU game. And, very quickly, things started happening because, again, the University of Missouri is in the business of, of delivering football product on behalf of the SEC. And if they don't deliver it, there are financial consequences for that. So and that, that's the part that the just take their scholarship away crowd doesn't understand. We all love the movie Necessary Roughness. I mean, if you listen to our Necessary Roughness podcast a few months ago, then you know that. But you don't want to see that in real life. I mean, we, but we've seen it. It's SMU right after the death penalty. Well, I mean, look, man, our, and our, our colleague Nicole Auerbach wrote it in a column on Tuesday. 
these guys have spent the last few months hearing ADs and coaches say that the most imperative thing of all is a college football season to hold, you know hold up an entire athletic department, right? So if you spend months hearing how important it is that you go out and play, then uh, I think that adds to the leverage a little bit. Just a tad. And that's why players are more powerful now than they've ever been and maybe than they'll ever be for a while because right now in 2020, they got to play because a lot of people's jobs depend on it. So if you're a coach and player says, hey, coach, we need to talk, you better talk. (laughs) You better have an open dialogue. Otherwise, you may be in trouble. Max Olson. It's been a very interesting conversation. I have a feeling not just this kind of stuff, but there's going to be some other weird stuff that pops up between now and and the start of a college football season. I think we've just hit the tip of the iceberg here. Hopefully nothing popped up in like the half hour we taped the podcast. You know, it's hard to keep up. Well, you know what? If something did, I'll call you right back. We'll record another one and drop two at once. (laughs) My goodness. Thanks, man. Thank you, Max. Okay, so remember how we said maybe something happened while we were recording this? Something happened while we were recording this. Uh, Mike Gundy released a video. Here is the audio from that video. I had a great meeting with our team today. Our players expressed their feelings as individuals and as team members. They helped me see through their eyes how the t-shirt affected their hearts. Once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and knew it was completely unacceptable to me. I want to apologize to all members of our team, former players and their families for the pain and discomfort that has been caused over the last two days. Black lives matter to me. Our players matter to me. These meetings with our team have been eye-opening and will result in positive changes for Oklahoma State football. I sincerely hope the Oklahoma State family, near and far, will accept my humble apology as we move forward. Well, Max, that was a little bit different than what he said in the video with Chuba. People want an apology. I think people. Uh, I, I think that was sort of the overwhelming response, even from you know former Oklahoma State players. Is is why is Chuba the one apologizing in that in the initial video um, on Monday? And so, uh, you know. <laughs> Good for Mike Gundy uh, to be, you know, extremely direct uh, that he's sorry. And also that uh, uh, it sure sounds to me, Andy, like he is, uh, you know, rejecting that uh, his his the his preferred news network here going forward. Yeah. And, and so the background on the OAN thing, he had expressed admiration for OAN in a press conference not long ago. In and, April. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so he's and he's wearing a T-shirt. So. That's where that came from. I don't think it was just the T-shirt. There's more to it. It's a lot deeper, obviously, which is why it blew up the way it did. But he said exactly what I think the constituents wanted to hear him say. And listen, if you've covered Mike Gundy long enough, you know he's not the type of person who's just going to say stuff to say it. You know, he's pretty, pretty headstrong. So... That he's willing to say it, and you you can say that was teleprompter,y but look, he said it. He said all those words. 
He's not the type who is just going to say it because you told him to say it. So my guess is that meeting did have an impact on him. Yeah, look, I think, and I wrote about this in my that column that posted on Tuesday. Um, you know, Chuba Hubbard, um, he, he put out a video on April 11th uh, t- with teammates and uh, even some of the football coaches um, in the Oklahoma State program and even Mike Boynton, the basketball coach. Mike Gunny was not in this video. Uh, and, and the video is them talking about uh, why Black Lives Matter to them and, and how they all need to, to band together to, to oppose injustice. And the, the, the parting message from Chuba at the end of it was it's time to bring change. Too many people have been silent. Too many people have been brushing it off. Black lives do matter, and we will bring change together whether you're with us or not. And so I think, um, as, I, as I said before, I think one of the most important things that Mike Gunny had to get across to his players on Monday uh, is that he is with them. Um, and, and you hear him trying to uh, clearly say that uh, publicly on Tuesday. Yeah. And this is, this is the, you can say whatever you want about well, he's being bullied into this, or uh, you should be able to believe whatever you want to believe. You, yes, you absolutely should be able to believe whatever you want to believe. This is America. But the Constitution only protects us from getting thrown in jail over our political beliefs. It doesn't protect us from the opinions of our coworkers. They're allowed to think whatever they want about our beliefs and our opinions. And so... We've got to deal with that on a daily basis. No matter what you do, no matter what you believe, you're going to be around some people who don't believe the same stuff you do. And the only way to coexist is to have conversations about that stuff, to meet each other on a human level. My guess is that is what has happened here. And yeah. I, I, I don't think you got, this you got is to a, set ego aside, you know? Yeah. You got to set ego aside. I don't and think you have this to understand. is a fraud. I, I, I think. The, the, it definitely seems prepared. It definitely seems like he's reading something. But honestly, if I were in this situation and everybody was parsing every little word I said, I'd want to make sure I said it perfectly. I, I agree. And, and, you know, look, back in April when he said, uh, when he, he sort of shared a bunch of his takes on the coronavirus, um, which were really ill-informed, you know, his, his response was uh, a few days later he put out a statement Basically saying I'm sorry for anyone I offended. This is uh, um, is vague and it doesn't do anything for anybody. And and this is uh, this is very different, very direct. And uh, look, clearly something that uh, Mike Gundy understands. (laughs) He understands this is you know all all personal feelings and and you know political views and all that aside. This is for the betterment of the program. Okay, provided nothing has happened in the five minutes since we start oh stopped gosh. talking and started talking about this again, that's it for today's show, I think. Let, let's get out of here before it's too late. Okay. All right. Bye, Max. Bye. That really is it for the show today. I, I'm pretty sure. Don't think anything else is going to happen, but you never know. Like I said, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on as we get toward the college football season. But this is this is a very unique time in college sports. And as we go through these next two months, we're going to see more of this. We're going to see more situations as the teams return from quarantine and deal with COVID-19, positive tests, that sort of thing. We will keep you informed and hopefully entertained at The Athletic and on The Andy Staples Show. We'll talk to you on Friday.